0: Hello and welcome to blockchain a gaming world episode 96 i wrote it down and i forgot straight away <laughs> goodness me um, it's because i'm doing it early in the morning uh, so hello i'm john jordan and i'm very pleased joining me today is a uh, derek lau who is the game director at guild of guardians at immutable uh who are based in australia hence hence our slightly extreme time differences anyway how's it going derek
1: yeah going real well very excited to be here chatting to you john
0: Thanks. Good, good. Yes. No, this is going to be a good episode. I think this is a. Uh, I've spoken to a lot of people. Lots of people doing doing uh, kind of interesting games, but um, Guild of Guardians is one I'm particularly interested in. We'll get in, into the reasons for that later on. Uh, but, but before we kind of head headlong into the game, um, let's find out a bit about about you. So, um, how do you get into blockchain? How do you get into games? What's your sort of uh, what do we call it? What's your narrative?
1: Yeah. So I have a bit of a unique background. I've been into into gaming my whole life ever since I was a little kid. Um, Coming out, I had a kind of a, a commercial background in uni and ended up doing a startup, getting to a startup and founding a startup, uh, which failed. I, en- I then ended up moving into management consulting where I was uh, giving consulting to C-suite executives of different companies. Um, and then I got into the introduced into the crypto space around 2017. Thought it was interesting, got into introduced into NFTs around the same time towards the end of 2017. And that's when I got really excited. Um, when I would kind of see the potential of, well, you could actually do something uh, with crypto as opposed to just using it as a, as a currency. And so I've been super deep into the space ever since. Um, started off as just kind of an active member of, of the kitties community, um, actually was like ranked number three in terms of all time number of breeds on that. Wow. So I've, I'm like very deep into the, the space. And then around two years ago, I ended up joining Immutable um, to help them figure out how to add new games to their platform. So uh, what kind of games would make sense, how to build them, etc. And so I've been working on that for the kind of past two years and the, for the past year, we've been building out Guild of Guardians, which is a mobile RPG game uh, where the vision is we wanna create this really fun and compelling mobile RPG played by millions of players all around the world where they can turn their passion for gaming into assets.
0: Mm. Cool, good, good, very succinct. Yeah, so um, so for people who don't know, I guess most people do Immutable X. or oh, Immutable, sorry, we're going to get on to Immutable X. Immutable is uh, what used to be called, uh, was it Fuel Brothers back in the day? Um, based in Australia, yeah. really, I guess, famous, most famous for for, uh, for um, God's Unchained, the big kind of trading card game that's sort of being built out. Um, and also now, sort of, uh, you're building out your Immutable X um, kind of scaling solution for Ethereum as well, which we'll talk a bit about. But um, uh, Guild of Guardians uh, has sort of caught my attention, and you mentioned it there, it is a... Uh, mobile RPG and I guess my background um, is, is spent a lot of time in the mobile free-to-play space um, and you know mobile is something in blockchain that yeah that we have we've seen you know a, a decent number of blockchain games go into mobile some you know some stuff like Upland fairly successful but um, there's still is sort of I'm always interested in, in finding out um, how mobile blockchain games are kind of think they're going to operate because we still have this sort of issue around around sort of app stores so kind of first sort of question is um, why did you decide to you know, position yourself as a mobile game, because some people do sort of, oh, we'll do mobile, we'll do a bit of browser or, you know, whatever. Um, and, and how do you see the sort of the landscape around sort of mobile, particularly app stores at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think the, the decision wasn't just, let's go on mobile. I think we, mm-hmm. we were very specific with the fact that we decided to go with a mobile and kind a of squad-based RPG. And ultimately that's because we believe that that's a very good fit for NFTs and a very good fit for blockchain. Like we don't want to necessarily just be taking a game and slapping in NFTs as skins. We want to be building this game with NFTs in mind to, so that it really makes the game better and it creates this real open world economy. Um, so that's kind of the logic behind mobile RPGs generally. In terms of mobile, the, the, the thinking there is that it's, it's a very big um, genre. It's kind of twice as big as PC and console combined. It's growing you know, four or five times as quickly and so it's it's a very popular genre, and it's also we're very accessible. And so, kind of one of our goals is we want this thing to be as big as possible, as accessible as possible. And so, the thinking was um, to go with this mobile genre.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, um, in terms of the app store stuff, I mean, obviously you've not you're still in development, so you've sort of not got to that stage. I mean, do you? I guess kind of the it's not a kind of direct comparison, but it's sort of interesting. At the moment, we see you know over the last kind of month, we've seen Axie Infinity sort of grow very quickly, um, and it is a mainly mobile game, although you can play it on on PC. But but it, what's interesting is is like whatever it's seventy percent of the players are playing on Android, but they're side loading APKs. They're not it's not available on the, on the Google App Store, even not it's not available on the Apple App Store either. That's that's through Test Flight, which is sort of like a kind of testing mechanic. So you know how far along in your thinking are when you come to deploy? You know. Will you go down the APK route, which is obviously much more popular in sort of, um, or much more uh, kind of normal in, in, in Asian kind of kind of, kind of of markets, not so much in the West? Do you think app stores are going to kind of become more open because, you know, just blockchain is going to be a thing they're going to have to deal with? Have you got any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I, I think app stores are very much aware of, of this thing. All right. they've, they've kind of mm. even for crypto wallets they've, they've looked they've been looking into that for the past few years and, and even made you know specific changes in the Ts and C's around that and so this is definitely an area that um, kind of that they're actively looking in our approach here is to you know work cooperatively um, so in the in the first sense we want to make sure to not you know breach any Apple Ts and C's and to make sure that if we do sell things through the app store that we're kind of going by their rules, you know, getting, doing the 30% card, et cetera. Um, okay. But I think we are kind of designing with this in mind that, well, ultimately our goal is we want to make it very accessible, very mainstream. And that means being available to download on the App Store, both iOS and Android. And so that's kind of our goal. And that's what we're what we're building towards. I think the APK solution might be kind of a good good short shorter term solution, um, mm-hmm. but definitely the goal is to work cooperatively with them.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I guess if nothing else, sort of the 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 kind of apk solution as, as you sort of put it it's actually quite a good example of co- to companies to say people really care about these things they're prepared you know they're they're, they're, they're going to get them it, even if you don't if you don't, don't allow them on the, your store you know they're going to happen anyway it's going to be big they're going to be even bigger if you allow them on your store and, and you know and, and like we'll, and, and i said you know you work out ways of, of how that revenue sort of sort, sort of share sort, sort of goes how, how that kind of is because obviously they are providing a service um, but uh, I think it is, it is, I imagine, quite interesting. I'm sure there are kind of talks. Um, people at Google saying, "Well, there's a million people playing this game, or whatever it is, six hundred thousand people playing this game a, d- a day, and it's not available for our store. <laughs> what's, our, <laughs> what's our strategy here?" But uh, exactly, maybe that's yeah. for another time. I mean, you, you, to be fair, you, you guys are quite a long way up in terms of. Um, I think your alpha is is planned for the end of this year, so you're still, you know, I mean, you're a long way from from having like a formal sort of release. Yeah, release.
1: yeah, we're aiming to release early next year, and so there is some yeah. time. Um, we've we've begun, you know, conversations with yeah. different people in the different apps source. so we are trying to like preempt a lot of this as well. Um yeah. and, and not wait till the end.
0: Okay. So let's talk a bit more about the game. So so um so mobile RPG kind of squad element. Can you go into a bit more detail about sort of sort of gameplay if I'm kind of playing this for the first time, what am I what am I doing? how many characters am I, you know, kind of uh selecting the gear, yeah. how does how does that sort of stuff work?
1: Yeah, so it's just, like you said, it's a squad based RPG. So when you load into the game you basically pick a team of heroes that you can send into dungeons. So you can pick up to four heroes and there'll be different synergies that you can also think about or how to equip them um, to make the most of those teams, especially versus kind of different monsters and different or different bosses in the dungeons. And so when you get into a dungeon, you um, control one hero at a time and the other three are AI controlled. And so um, you're also able to switch between the different heroes that you're able to control as well. Each hero has kind of a unique character and personality. It's a bit like Overwatch or League of Legends heroes, um, and they'll also have um, unique active abilities they can cast as well. And so there's a there's kind of an action RPG element to it. Um, there's also a strategic element to it as well. And then after you finish these dungeons, you're able to get rewards, which is how you level up, make your team more powerful, um, and and kind of progress throughout the game.
0: So on the reward side, I guess I'm. Probably getting some things, XP sort of sort of things um, that, that I'm imagining are probably not running on the blockchain. They're just like standard games, you're kind of leveling up characters, um, and then but probably probably some blockchain elements as well. So how how are you playing? You know, will every character be an NFT? Will NFTs be sort of be a special case? So do you have sort of a you know like a, a a token people are earning? How does that sort of stuff come together?
1: Yeah, so I guess taking it at a level up, our goal is to create this really big and long-term sustainable NFT economy and so NFTs play a very important part of the game but uh, they're not not everything in the game is an NFT and so when the game first starts uh, the game's free to play and so people yeah. will be able to start with one kind of common hero which is not in yeah. the blockchain and they'll also be able to get items which are also not on the blockchain um, and then as players play the game they're able to uh, craft items together with their guild um, so they kind of enter these dungeons, they'll get rewards, such including crafting materials and they'll be able to craft items. Or they'll also be able to um, kind of work their ways towards heroes that are also NFTs. And so they're able to summon more heroes that they can play with. And then they're able to also merge. The way it works is there's something in the game called merging, where you can merge five heroes into one hero of a higher rarity. So players can play the game, they get these five common heroes and then merge it into one rare hero, which is then tradable in the blockchain. And then they can kind of merge those into epics and so on. Um, and and the way we do it is we kind of split up the economy as well. And so the the heroes that can be earned through merging, or the items that can be crafted through crafting, uh, actually can't be bought from us. And so the only way that that they get made is by players playing the game, and that creates this yeah. like purely play driven economy, which is quite interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah, you know, there's, it is interesting at the moment um, where talking to game designers and hearing other game designers sort of talk about this sort of thing. And, and it is interesting how it takes people kind of, kind of a, a bit of time to get their head around. You know, how can blockchain be free to play? So at the moment, obviously, again, probably, you know, actually i have used it as an example, but at the moment, to, to, you know, you either need to go to a scholarship or you need to spend like whatever it is, <laughs> 1500 bucks <laughs> to get the three you need, um, which is, you know, it, it, it is what it is, but clearly, if, you, if you're going to take a game kind of mass market on mobile, It needs to be free to play, and blockchain doesn't necessarily kind of work very well with free to play because you know you kind of if people are getting in for free and then can just mint stuff too easily, then obviously you have a you know inflationary economy. So, so it is interesting how you're sort of how you sort of gate that. I guess because you're on your own side chain or not side chain, your your own L2, that's a that's allowing you. Giving you a lot more flexibility. So, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit? Not probably, I guess, too much detail. Um, but what's Immutable X and how does that um, you know change what you can do compared to you know just running on Ethereum mainnet?
1: Yeah, sure. So, in short, Immutable X is a layer two scaling solution for NFTs, and it's it's run on Ethereum. And so, what that means, it's it's as secure and decentralized as Ethereum but it allows users, it allows up to something like 9,000 transactions per second and allows users to not pay gas fees. And so this is the technology that we're using because we believe, you know, Ethereum is, has super strong network effects, is, is going to be here in, in 100 years' time. Um, so we want to build on this, in this system, um, while also allowing us to be scalable and provide this frictionless user experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for people who haven't checked it out, it's worth checking out. It is sort of, is live now. I think all the... Be... Gods Unchained cars have been sort of re-reissued on on Immutable X, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there. we won't going into all that detail, but there's a whole bunch of games coming out for it as well. So it's not just the not just the games from your company. Yeah, you know, you've got these other other companies. So there's yeah, it's, if you're into blockchain games, it's worth sort of checking out what's going on with Immutable X. So um, obviously, it's in the name of the, of the it's in the title of the game. You just mentioned it there. Um, how does the guild structure work? Obviously, it's important because the game's called Guild of Guardians. So I, 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 <laughs> I assume you spent quite a lot of time thinking about how guilds work.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's a there's a few things here. So the first premise of the game is that we, we believe games are better with friends, right? And so we want guilds to be, and the social aspect of the game to be really prominent. Um, one of the main reasons that people like NFTs in the first place is the ability to show them off, right? And so we want to give players the opportunity to show off their heroes and play with other people at the same time. And so this is where the guild focus really comes in. And that's going to be a lot of where our focus is. Uh, particularly as we move after soft launch. Um, and so the the other part there as well is that um, basically the the guilds is going to be one of the core earning mechanics as well. So for example, the only way to mint, to craft items is actually to play through guilds. Um, and so there, there's another reason why there's kind of a focus there. Um, and then lastly, the the benefits of NFTs really only come into play when you have an actual economy. So you have... You know, that means that people are playing different roles in this economy. There are some people who okay. play in this way. There are some people who play in this other way. So there are some people who might, you know, just invest. And so guilds also play a role in that economy as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is to me as a concept, you know, guilds are, I don't know if it's not actually not a technical term, but they're very sort of blockchainy, aren't they? Obviously, we have the idea of DAOs, which is really only stretched the surface of these very sort of very powerful sort of um, groupings of people that, that can have now, you know, sort of, uh, they you know, can have... You know, economies within them and they can do all these cool things which you could do without blockchains but much harder to do and, and clearly we've had guilds in games for you know as long as there's been MMORPGs and, but now we can sort of have guilds that are you know it's called meta guilds and, and there's lots of stuff going on there so um, in terms of your guilds you know obviously that's at the moment you're thinking that's sort of part of your game and have a very clear as you say sort of mechanic for you want to be in a guild in this game um, because it allows you to have access to these things how much thought have you given to the fact that you know, I think guilds are going to be powerful in a lot of blockchain games. If your game's successful, you're going you to have a lot of guilds. You know, how how can people can people sort of break those out? Or, you know, could, could you have you thought about sort of how guilds in this game might then go on to at least other games in Immutable X, or is that sort of much further down the line? You, you mean game's not even live yet? So.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think the general idea of interoperability is one that we've looked at. Um, yeah. so we've probably looked at it more on the hero side, which is like how can yeah. we have characters and guild of guardians, which you can play in another game, um, mm. such as Sandbox or such as something else. Um, so on the guild side, we haven't looked into that as much, but that's, you know, the, the, that general concept is definitely something that you know, could, could, could make sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And in terms of um, on the NFT side, you have done some sales and the sales have just been guilds. Is, that's, that's right, isn't it? So
1: far we've sold, we've actually sold all the guilds and yeah. then we've also sold out all the legendary hero summons.
0: Oh, you have, okay. Done some yep. well. So, in terms of how, if, if uh, so, so the guilds can only, you can't just sort of create a guild. You have, you have to basically get a a, a ticket or, or, I don't know. Like an we'll NFT, ticket. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, how, so the moment you, you sold a whole, whole bunch out, you know, how, is that a sort of fixed supply on that? Is How are you thinking about Because obviously, if the game's more successful, there'll always be sort of demand for more guild. so is that just something that you'll have to sort of create more of over time
1: so we've sold out all the founder guilds and the yeah. intention is to not have more founder guilds in the future mm. i think um in the future you're right like when the game gets successful we're going to we want more players and we want more players to be have experience playing in these guilds and so we're likely going to need to introduce more guilds in the future yeah. albeit different ones uh, yeah. so the exact mechanics haven't of this distribution haven't been defined yet, but it is something that we're working on now. In order to balance, you know, we don't want to um, give, you know, the early adopters a huge advantage because of how all these guilds, we also don't want to block out all these newer players, which is ultimately not in anyone's best interest. So yeah. I think we just want to find the right balance there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there is also this, um, so you've got the NFT side, you also do have a, a, a token of a cryptocurrency in ERC20. So can you talk a little bit about how how that works and the kind of, um, yeah, the sort of
1: process, how that fits into the game. Sure. So, so broadly speaking, there will be a, a token, we call it gems, that'll kind of power the Guild of Guardians economy. And the, the goal of this is we want to use it to help align incentives um, by everyone. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that there's a fixed supply of, of these gems and they get distributed out over time to players and to members of the community um, mm-hmm. in exchange for them you know playing the game, as they would or doing stuff around the game, like creating content, developing third party applications um, and other things like that. And then so the, ge- the uh, what these gems can be used for in the game is they can be used they, every time something gets minted, it actually costs a small amount of gems, which is one of the ways we allow yeah. players to play the game for free while regulating the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's one of the ways in which gems are used. Another way in which gems are used is that every time basically the developers, us, we make money, um, yeah. like whether we're selling something on the primary sales or whether we're taking a fee on secondary sales, 20% of that has to be paid for in gems, which will get sent to a, a rewards pool. And so the, okay. the gems in that, that rewards pool will get redistributed back to kind of people who own gems and who actively participate in the game.
0: Mm-hmm. Um geeky question but i also like to know what, what are you thinking about sort of fee structure at the moment we see every, any, everything from about kind of four percent to ten percent where do you where do you think the sweet spot is
1: uh we're currently kind of figuring that out um so mm-hmm. we don't have a number right now mm-hmm. but i think over the long term we we plan to basically make more of our money off fees secondary trading rather than primary sales just because it's It kind of aligns incentives a little bit better we're not trying to sell as much stuff as possible to Mm. people um we you know we're not trying to maximize money that way where we want to give value to the community and i think Mm. um having a model that's based more on trading is more aligned with what we want to do
0: yeah i mean for me that's always been sort of the i've done some very basic kind of modeling on that and and it it does take a bit of time to sort of get back the the money It, it seems Easier, and most developers obviously spent their entire career just selling, just doing what we would call, what you just called, their primary sales. Because that's kind of, you know, you take money off, you, you create content, you take money off the player base, and then at the moment you do it as many times as possible. Because <laughs> there's no mechanic to go around. But, 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 but clearly the, uh, you know, the transactional model. If you want to run a game that's going to last, you know, 5, 10, 15, 100 years, you know, the, taking a small percentage off that as that goes on is is actually much more powerful in the long term. Um, and actually, you know, if you kind of think. A game is going to last ten years. Then, the, if the value is going to go up, and you're going to get whatever percent every time that sells, that's an incredibly powerful way, of, as you say, aligning the kind of um, uh, incentives for the developer and, and the and the and the player base. Absolutely. Um, do you? Do you, I mean, I don't know how if you talk to sort of get people in the games industry who who don't understand blockchain games or, or aren't interested in it. Do you do you think that that's something conceptually that they can overcome quite quickly? Or for me I'm I see a sort of a group of people who 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 I just think conceptually find that really difficult to understand that we're not going to make money off selling stuff, we're gonna make money off people trading stuff. You know, they, I mean those are two quite different things for the games industry. Hmm.
1: I I don't think there's necessarily a big conceptual barrier. I'm sure that they like game designers get it. Like they, they understand um the different benefits that could bring. I think you know, where some of the skepticism perhaps is, is in where they identify the different cons. So like they might identify a bunch of different cons like, hey, it doesn't make sense to, for NFTs. Or they, they, yeah. they say, hey, for X, Y, Z reason, it doesn't make sense for NFTs to be in a game. Um, yeah. And that's why there they might be more skepticism right now, like among among general designers around around NFTs. Uh, but I think as, as we see more games come online and prove out some of these models, uh, or even just experiments, you know, some of them successful, some of them fail, um, I think we'll see people open their minds up more to kind of some of the possibilities.
0: After yesterday, listening to a podcast where it was some game designers discussing X Infinity, and it was fascinating how you, yeah, you know, there they were sort of different levels of scepticism. Yeah, you know, they, they weren't anti it; they were you know, smart people who designed games. But you, it was you could kind of see it was it was interesting. Yeah, they were really some parts of it they were really struggling with. And it, I think there's a tendency if you think this stuff is bad, then any as you say any sort of any, any com is is sort of fatal to the entire kind of uh, concept of blockchain games whereas if you're very positive i guess like us you gotta go well that's a yeah. yeah it's a problem now yeah we haven't really we haven't fully understood that but the advantages are so massive how can you know ha, how can this not happen so it's right. sort of sort, sort, sort of funny and, uh, and i guess yeah. you know the, the whole games industry you know the, the games industry is you know some game some game designers never really understood mobile Yeah, you know, they just obviously the designed for console it's very different to free-to-play mobile so i guess yeah, there'll be different yeah, different games for different sort of you know contexts.
1: It's a different, you know, very different way of, of thinking because every every game so far has design has been designed for a closed economy. There's no such thing as trading, and so even the way you think about games and think about designing them, making them engaging, monetizing, that's completely different to what you need to think about for a game with an open economy, um, yeah. which we kind of saw twenty years ago with with some MMOs with you know illegal real world trading. But really, in the last, I think, 10 years, we haven't really seen anyone, anyone really Mm design games like that. Mm
0: -hmm. So there's a term that I've never really liked, but obviously it's come to it is what we use at the moment, which is which is which is uh, play to earn. So so this is this idea. I guess it is. It's a good term in the sense that any game running any elements on the blockchain, a blockchain means that any transaction has some sort of financial value attached to it. It Doesn't mean it's a lot of financial value, just means it's some, you know, maybe a lot. Um, and and obviously the idea with the game is if you're interacting with that game, if you're playing, um, at some point there's some ability for you to earn some rewards, maybe NFT, maybe some tokens that then it's an open economy. You can at some point you know, you can cash that out for some real money, typically in some in some way. So this is something that everyone's talking about now. Um, how do you, how do you see this this, this sort of play to earn mechanic? You know, is is this what we're stuck with? Are, are there sort of better terms? You know, how, how does how do Guild of Guardians fit into to that sort of um, sort of uh, description?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the concept of play to earn is very powerful. Like, you, mm. people are now able to play a game and and make money, right? It, it kind of yeah. completely changes how you think about think about games. I think the the phrasing play to earn might imply that people are playing the game just to make money, though. Like, it's almost like a yeah, it's just exactly. a replacement for your full time job. And I think yeah. that's not necessarily where a lot of the potential is, um, uh, because there are a lot of people. You know, this games are ultimately a source of entertainment, and there's yeah. Infinite entertainment options out there, and so what we really need is, if we want to attract you know billions of people playing these games, is we want games that are entertaining and where players can earn. And so I think um, one of the one of the terms I like is the idea of play and earn. So you're not you're not just playing to try to make money and try to earn, but you get both the best of both yeah. worlds, which I think is what a lot of a lot of studios today are trying to build towards.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a much better term. We we will have to we will have to start seeding. The concept of playing out, to re- replace <laughs> replace the, the play to earn because I think yeah it's entirely I entirely agree with you that you know <clears throat> if it, if if blockchain games just become sort of play to earn then effectively you've just put a sort of game wrapper on on some DeFi stuff you know is it yeah you know, DeFi I love DeFi DeFi is fine but it's not you don't you don't spend you know ten hours a day playing DeFi I mean some traders sort of might do but it's not it's not fun whereas the point of a game is is that it, there is that sort of you know being in another world and obviously you could have the psychological endorphins or or dopamine or whatever but it is the community and the stickiness and that's why games have been so successful so if you combine those two things if you can have fun and play and earn something you may not be earning you know i think i guess the other problem is everyone sees blockchain games as you're going to earn your full-time living on that and some people obviously in the world may be able to do that but for a lot of people in the world you know in north america and, and and kind of western europe you're probably not that many people are going to earn their entire living in a game. They might earn some supplementary stuff. So, I mean, yeah. when you think about designing a Guild of Guardians, you know, do you, obviously it would be, a, you know, a great thing uh, for your assets to go through sort of an Axie Infinity sort of explosion. Um, do you do sort of modeling around that? Do you kind of think, well, we're going to have some of these things for $10, but in five years time, they need to be worth $1,000 or $10,000 or whatever it is. I mean, you've already sold some, you, you, your, your main, your most expensive guilds were $100,000. It's kind of primary sales. So, how, how do you see that sort of that sort of big money sort of tags?
1: Yeah, I think w- one of the things we aim to design for is um, longevity, and so we want this game to be here in five, ten years time, right? Um, which is mm-hmm. not what most games are <laughs> designed to do. Um, yeah. And so, we definitely look at the everything to do with kind of um, demand and supply, kind of pricing, um, mm-hmm. scarcity. We look at all of that to think about how it can be. It can be Long-term and sustainable, um, and so this is you know we've we've done modeling on this, and there's more a lot of more work that we need to do as well. I think one of the key drivers of all of all of this is comes down to the number of players, and so really like the number one driver of of the success of an economy is how many people are in, are in that economy and engaged, mm. and so um, ultimately kind of that's one of the the goals we're driving towards as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess going back to what we we're just discussing. That, that's a, a key factor of, is the game any good? <laughs> right, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that, will, that will decide how, how big your audience is. Um, so for people who wanna sort of get, get more information about Guild of Guardians, people wanna get involved, what are, what are, where are you at the moment in terms of kind of roadmap? What are the, what are the things people can, uh, where, where should people be directing their attention?
1: Yeah, so we have actually over 250,000 people now across different channels. Right. We're most active on Discord and Twitter. So, I'd encourage anyone who's interested to follow us on Twitter, which is at Guild of Guardian without the S mm. at the end because it, yeah. it doesn't fit the Twitter length. And then, right. or um, join our Discord group, which is um, uh, you can find us find on our Twitter. Yeah. Um, and then, if you want more info, just check out our website, www.guildofguardians.com.
0: Mm. And in terms of more NFT kind of, kind of uh, sales, pre sales, what, what's the anything, any six dates?
1: So we don't have any dates, uh, oh, nice. <laughs> any fixed dates right now, but we are aiming to have our next sale within a month. Um, okay. So okay. we've so far done wave one. We plan to have three waves of sales. We'll probably have our next one within the next month.
0: And are they the ones that were the, your first kind of sales? Are they minted yet? Um, are they, they tradable? Or uh,
1: They're currently not minted yet. I don't know when this interview will go live, so maybe they okay. will be by the time it does. Um, okay. They're very close.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool, Good. good excellent well uh we will obviously have to uh have to have to re- revisit uh, with another podcast when when you're kind of getting closer to to kind of first playable i think that's with blockchain games it's always exciting to sort of talk about concepts and stuff because there's so much behind them um but uh the uh, the proof of the pudding is when when something's actually available to, to play so it'd be very interesting to, to come back to you and talk again uh whenever yeah. that is but thanks very much derek
1: yeah thanks for having me on for sure we'll uh we'll chat again
0: Yes, and uh, and thanks to you for uh, for listening or, or, or watching, depending on how you are consuming uh, the the podcast video cast. Um, hope you are enjoying uh, what we're doing here at Blockchain Gaming World. As I always, say every week we're talking to the people who are building this crazy uh, new 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 sector. It's not quite every week. Sometimes it's more than one a week, and sometimes it's not any for for a while. But uh, I hope you uh, <laughs> forgive us some sort of irregularities. Very busy uh, time at the moment in the industry. Um, so so uh, yeah. But we're almost at 100, so, so I, would say, I would say if you haven't subscribed yet, you might want to subscribe as we get to 100. There might be some interesting stuff going on when we get to number 100 that you may be interested in. But anyway, thanks for listening and watching for this one. Please subscribe to the channel and see you next time.